you have to constantly embrace the new and try new stuff and figure out not just dismissing stuff wholeheartedly. I'm just blown away that there are folks in software development, I see them in software testing. I don't pay attention to other knowledge work jobs who are perfectly happy to keep doing things the way they've always done them because there couldn't possibly be a better way. Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. It's Alan. And Brent. And we're here for uh, episode 187 with an asterisk of the AB Testing Podcast. There's an asterisk? There, there kind of is, because if I... I I just saw this earlier, and I forgot to let you know. Not that I tell you anything, right. but if you go to Spotify, remember I did a bunch of those one-off interviews. I still need to do more of those. I'm happy to do those. But we did the the three four three. Yeah, the three four three. Yeah, three, those are fun. Three questions for one of our three listeners. I apparently I did about oh twelve of those because Spotify says this is our 199th episode. Okay. It's, it's our 199th podcast upload on the AB testing feed. But Ooh. episode 187, all kinds of milestones coming up. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. I don't think there's going to be a party. But for those of you planning ahead, that's, yes, we know we've been on the one a month podcast. But <laughs> Brent, and I, Brent and I have had lives being busy to us. And by the way, Brent, you see I'm in my new room here? I did. I'm noticing in and. It's not uh, unpacked. It's a big fr- freaking pigsty in here. When was the the move in? Nah, I don't remember. A couple of weeks ago, because I did the Wonderland Trail after, right after we moved in. So, it's, yeah. Are you are you like hanging out in, in like the family room, or is this an office? This is my office. It's just uh, not unpacked yet. I won't I won't do the camera swoop, but sometime I will. Why not for the for the live feed? For the live feed, well, yeah, I got yeah, trash yeah. back there. There's windows over there. Oh, I like the windows. The windows are nice. There's the door. There's my office door right there. Okay. And my closet, which is also my library. It's a big that closet. is that is some some thick ass molding you have around that door. No kidding, right? 1906. So anyway, what was I saying? Uh, what was I talking about? Podcast one a month. We'll get back to two a month here shortly, but it's close enough. You can start kind of counting down. We had hoped to hit. 200 right in April at the beginning of our, like as our eight year anniversary, nine year anniversary, we're going to be a little behind that, but definitely in 2024, we're going to hit the 200th episode. We're going to have some listeners on. I'm not sure how many or which ones or what to do, but we're going to figure it out. Uh, So all kinds of fanfare coming up, but for today, we're just going to have Brent and I talking about a topic we have not yet I'm not going to say decided on. I'm going to say discovered. <laughs> oh, wait, Brent is holding up a topic. Oh, yeah. Let's. Uh, I do not yet have a TV or a console hooked up. So I have not yet played the game that I need to be spending a lot of time on that is called Starfield. And Brent, please, all I want to know is, because I know you've put probably good solid double digit, if not triple digit hours in already. I have not. Uh, you'll be surprised, actually. So, you always surprise me, Brent. No, no. no. So uh, I'll just share here. There is 
Um, I'll just say to the listeners, there is a major life situation happening to me right now that's taking a lot of my time and attention. Uh, it's not at a point where I'm comfortable sharing it on the podcast, but I'll, I'll just to answer Alan's question, actually, surprisingly, so I started playing it the day before it was publicly released. You're, you're so cool. Well, actually, uh, uh, one of my peers said, oh, here's the steps that, that you have to do it. And, and you can use money to get in early. And I said, ooh, that's fantastic. And, of course, I think I talked about it last time. It required me to go yeah, buy we, a whole new Xbox. And, we, we, we heard all this. We heard yeah. all this. So all I want to know, all I want to know. Well, this, so now let me tell you. I have almost not played it at all. I am only. I need you to play it enough to tell me if it sucks or not. I am only level seven. If I I'm, don't, I don't think I'm yet at that point. There so, are, there are things. So I, I will tell you, I find myself comparing it to Fallout. The storyline hasn't captured my attention yet. Again, but only level seven, and there are still. When you play Fallout, right? You you, you go and you craft stuff, and like crafting, I haven't. I haven't quite figured that out yet. And, and, and I don't like if, if crafting is a major part of like fallout. Yeah. I did a little bit of crafting a fallout 76, a lot more crafting. I don't really like crafting. I'll do. I, I like repairing my armor if needed, <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's the bottom line. Yeah. If I had a choice of never, ever playing Starfield, despite the hype or a choice of playing it and discovering that it's awful, I would choose the former. That's all I want to find out. We're going to have a guest on soon. So let me, without throwing any names out, let me just start this conversation. If you don't, I probably had something else random to discuss, but let's just start about listeners. You're in for a challenge because we're going to be all over the place. So uh, there's been some interesting threads on AI where not even about AI, about chat GPT specifically. It's, we've talked about this before. I want to bring it up again because it, it it's getting almost embarrassing where some testing experts are writing articles about how chat GPT is broken and horrible and useless. My, my words, but paraphrased. And I hate to be the person to say, but you're using it wrong. Like you and I, we've had this conversation. There are so many things that chat GPT is good for and LLMs are good for, but if you use them wrong, they're not going to be helpful. You, know, you and I have said many times, um, and I, I want to just finish this thought here because it's then we can see where it goes to. But you and I have said many times, uh, AI isn't taking away people's jobs, but people who use AI are or will. So I was listening. I heard a variation of that. I'm going to share and then I'm going to shut up because okay. Brent, Brent really wants to talk. So I was listening to the Smartless podcast with Kara Swisher. Um, you know who Kara Swisher is? No. Uh, she's awesome. She's written about tech for a long time. She is super smart. She does a pivot podcast, a couple other podcasts. Love her. And oh, no, no, no. I am completely. I think I'm completely wrong. I think I do. Like, she's been doing tech for. Yeah. I think she decades. used to write with Walt Mossberg back in the day. Yeah. Okay. So Kara Swisher is talking about AI with the smart list and I've heard her on pivot talk about it before, but she, I like the way she puts it. Like AI isn't evil. People who use AI can be evil. 
And I like that as a variation of ours, but she really gets, uh, it's not going away and it's going to be valuable. And again, if you want to go back to our audience who is largely, not completely, but largely testers, do not shun AI and LLMs and things like GPT because you, because somebody said, or you don't think they're helpful. You will need to more and more over the coming years, be able to use um, and maybe even build and develop LLMs in order to do your job better. So if you're going to ignore it, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you will likely be unemployed because I mean, there'll be a long tail where you, where you don't be, but anyway, that's my thought. Uh, so let's, let's start there. Any thoughts on any of that, Mr. Brent? Um, yeah, there's, uh, I think there's an analogy. I think that's spot on, right? The, um, uh, I forget the name of the guy. So the, the super chess champion that, that got Bobby Fisher. No, the one that, that got beat by uh deep blue. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kasparov. Yes, that's it. Thank you. One of the things that he did is he didn't get frustrated. What he did is um, join forces with AI. And uh, he called it a centaur, right? He's, he's a centaur. Part human, part, I, I guess, AI is a horse. Which, which part? Yeah, which part is which? I'm confused. Well, I'm I, need a, I need the, a drawing. I'm guessing the human part is the human, right? It, it, but maybe not. I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't come up with a term. But yeah, uh, the centaur uh, just destroyed Deep Blue, right? And and that's that's what's going to happen. I do think some of these things. Uh, there was. Uh, do you listen to Planet Money? I do not. All right. Planet Money NPR show. Um, they did a. They did a couple of lead up. It's on, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Maybe the same place you got the A-B testing podcast you're listening to right now. By the way, give it a rating, write a review, get us some more listeners. Anyway, go on, Brent. Yeah. They had a couple of, you know, setup shows. And then they finally um, did a show where literally everything was done by AI. They even had a host that was AI. You know what? It was a lot of work. It was, it did it. And it only needed the humans really to sort of integrate the pieces and do the final editing because that's something that AI can't do yet. But it did it. It's not at a point where they felt their jobs were threatened. But you you could look at the episode and go, okay, yeah, it just takes a... uh, a little bit of additional effort and it's not hard to imagine that that's coming. And here, here's the part that just kind of blows me away. And again, this is something we've said 50,000 times on here, but you don't care where, whether you're coming from software development, software testing, construction, maybe not construction, actually maybe construction. I wonder if we're getting to a point in the evolution of some of the manual labor skills where construction actually is knowledge work. I think in some contexts it is, but mm-hmm. not all. But in knowledge work, work that requires discovery to, uh, you can go look up Drucker's definition, work that requires discovery, innovation, and making mistakes in order to learn and get stuff done, uh, which mm-hmm. we do. Software testing is part of that. Software development is part of that. 
lawyer is part of that. Cook is part of that. And Brent and I have talked a lot about cooking on the podcast and how it, it it's the same thing. In knowledge work, you have to constantly embrace the new and try new stuff and figure out, not just dismissing stuff wholeheartedly. I'm just blown away that there are folks in software development, I see them, in software testing, I don't pay attention to other knowledge work jobs, who are perfectly happy to keep doing things the way they've always done them because there couldn't possibly be a better way. Anything that distracts from the way I've always done it is probably wrong. So I will put effort into proving that it is and in doing so highlight my dumbness. I mean, the only thing that's good about that approach, you'll still be able to sleep at night because you'll know who to blame, right? But, <laughs> Right. It's, it's, oh, it's the AI, right? In, you know, last decade, it's Agile. Agile's to blame. And I'm sorry, it's neither of those. It's, it's you. <laughs> All right. So let me, I, I don't want to, to dwell on that, but I do want to talk more about AI. I do want to talk okay. more about AI because there's some aspects we haven't talked about. This is totally not planned. This is me just letting, like Brent and I haven't talked in a month and I'm reflecting on what's happened in that time and stuff flooding in my head. In that month, I took a long hike. I wrote a, I wrote a blog post a little bit about it, but I a lot of thinking time. And one of the things I was thinking about, this started off from, and I can talk about my former employer. I, I don't think I have any NDAs that say I can't talk about anything as public knowledge. They, um, they uh, had a food pop. They did some dumb stuff. And again, I predicted this dumb stuff three years ago. And let me tell you how. They hired an exec who I worked with at Microsoft. I'm not going to name any names. And when he got hired, I thought, oh, he makes big, dumb mistakes. Uh, he went from Microsoft to Amazon, then to Unity. And I thought, oh boy, this guy is not good. We're going to see what happens. And uh, he's the one that drove this mistake. It, it's You can go read on the internet about it, a whole thing about I can talk about this from a public perspective. One of the things, when you're a game development engine, and Unity makes a bunch of other products as well, but their flagship product is a game development engine, which they sell for free. Wait, that's stupid. They don't sell it for free. They give it away for free. If you're enterprise, you you pay you you can pay an enterprise fee for more licenses, et cetera. There are some uh, unenforced or not enforceable rules around if you get to a certain revenue, you should begin to pay for it and just kind of relying on the on the honor of the system. So the struggle has been, and it always would be with a free thing like this, is how do you monetize it? At what point do you just hope people, once they see value, they feel good about it and they go pay? That's actually something I would do. If I use free software and I begin to get a lot of value out of it, I go and pay for it, even if I don't use the paid features. Ads. Um, so, yeah, or, or ads. It's a struggle to figure out how to monetize that stuff and they came up with what I think is the, the worst possible model for how to make money and uh, didn't seem well thought out when the users saw it, the users freaked out, got mad, all kinds of stuff happened. The internet was an angry place for a few days. But what this led me to think about was how much of leadership or running a business could you drive through um, gener generative AI? For example, you know, ChatGPT is very generic. It's trained on literally everything. What a good if, portion of everything up until 2021. Correct. What if I generated, and, and, and help me with this thought experiment, because um, while I did play a little bit with building an L, uh, 
I'll call it a SLM, a small language model. I ran all 50 of my blog posts or whatever from the last year, just my recent ones. Um, I think I told you this. I put it in a blog post or something. And let's say we fed every business book, paper from, you know, published um, from H- ignoring copyright issues, just had to assimilate the knowledge, the, the vast majority of the knowledge of running businesses that are out there. Couldn't I just then, wouldn't, how feasible would it be for me then to ask questions of ChatGPT on how to run my multi-million dollar business? Could it come up with a better solution for monetizing or better ideas for brainstorming? Could it tell me how and when to communicate those changes with customers? And what I'm getting at, what I've read articles about, which are kind of funny, but also when I think about it at the end of a long day of hiking, kind of interesting and scary are, could an AI be a CEO? It could. Or or, or more likely, could an AI make a, uh, a, a mediocre CEO a good or an excellent CEO? So that one, I think, is possible, right? Going back to the Centaur discussion. Replacing a CEO? You have to have someone to ask the question, so replacing's tough. But it, it, it's made me think that like the centaur model is really great. I think it goes back to AI isn't replacing people. People who know how to use it are. But I wonder if, so now I'm, I'm going to keep thinking. Well, well so let me just, just finish my thought there is, is, yeah, I could see it. It could certainly play the role of a CEO. Okay. It's a generative AI. You ask it to generate things. It will generate things. Right? The, the thing you got to remember, though, is that GPT is not an intelligent system. It's, it's a parrot. Correct. It will be parroting things that, CE, that it has learned that CEOs say. Now, whether or not your, it, it, you know, your fictitious business um, is context sensitive enough for that generative AI to succeed or not, I don't know. Like, Let me just explore this because there is a parallel to our first topic. What I want to do is, I think you're right. If you follow anyone, whether it's a person, a thought leader, or an AI uh, blindly, you are probably not going to make good decisions. But instead, instead, again, where people screw up with these models, they ask them uh, for specific things. Count the verbs in this paragraph. It's like, shut up. You count them. But as far as they can help with creativity. And so if I'm a CEO, I'm going to pretend I'm a CEO of um, Acme Chainsaws and Bike Parts. And I'm not going to ask it, you know, what should my next, you know, marketing email be or business email. I understand my challenges and I'm going to ask math questions like this. I'll tell it, I'll give it context and I'll say my primary challenges are blah and blah. What are five things you think I should do? To you know, again, this is all this is my fictitious LLM based entirely on whole of business knowledge. What are five things I should consider to solve these problems and move my business forward? None of them may be the right one, but those may inspire me to make a choice that I hadn't thought of before. And uh, I could say, well, help me, help me with the marketing email or whatever. Give me examples. I've had. Chat GPT. I can't remember what I had to do. I had to write something for me. It sucked, but it was close enough to to unlodge some ideas from my head. So I think that I feel pretty confident that 
if you're comfortable at getting ideas from it to feed off your own, you can be really successful. And the parallel I wanted to draw is where in, in this scenario, if I was one of those CEOs who thought I already knew everything, I wouldn't bother asking it. In fact, I would just try to my time trying to prove it couldn't help me just as some of these other people are doing with it when they're not using it to their advantageous advantageousity to their advantage to learn, to learn and grow. You know what? I'm, I'm going to make a note of that. The next time Satya does, does an AMA, I may just ask that question. Um, <laughs> Hi Satya. My name's Alan page. I have a question for exactly. you. <laughs> Alan PA at Microsoft.com. Yeah. If the mail bounces, don't worry. It, it's it, a yeah, it is me. Trust me. Yeah, certainly. I know Scott Guthrie does does AMAs all the time, and I don't know if I mentioned it, but that's a, a ask me anything sort of. Um, I think that's one. I think people know what AMAs are. They happen outside of Microsoft okay. too. So some of the things uh, you certainly can do, right? Uh, the like I'm on I'm on the Bing Bot right now. And I, I just told it that I am a franchise owner for Subway. And I asked it, who's my biggest competitor? Jimmy John's? No, actually. Um, Burger King? McDonald's. Right? It went, it oh, said McDonald's, gotcha. KFC, Burger King, and Wendy's and Starbucks. Okay. And now. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Do, now I'm going to ask it, do a spot analysis. Between my business, business, busyness, and Starbucks. This will be really cool because everybody will hear the key typing as well when you're talking. Yeah. Anyway, can you summarize the answer, please, before I go even farther on my AI can run our business? Uh, it hasn't uh, generated it yet. Okay, while it's thinking, so going far, so there's decision making, but honestly, I think AI, another area where it's going to help, generative AI to be specific, is in knowledge discovery. As you've, you've known me for years, I'm very big on how we acquire knowledge. You talked about Philip Farmer's Five Orders of Ignorance, and we need a suitable means to discover what we don't know we don't know. Mm -hmm. Now imagine, let's talk about Microsoft System because we both know them and we can imagine if you took, are you still using head tracks? Doesn't matter, I'll give it a name. Imagine you take your, your employee accessible HR data, your employee accessible calendar yeah. data, your employee accessible information about who works on what based on in, entirely yeah. on uh, documents that exist that people have created. I want to be able to ask a question like, who besides Brent Jensen's org is working on X? Actually, I can't say X because X is Twitter. Who in Brent <laughs> Jensen's org is working on Z? Yeah. I could ask questions like, I need to have a meeting with Brent and his entire team sometime the week of October 9th needs to be, and, and again, rather than me, it's like my assistant, like like I have someone else on my calendar, I have for several years, I love it, I can never go back, but couldn't AI handle my calendar? Couldn't, when a meeting request comes in, I could teach the model that meetings from this person are higher priority than meetings from this person. If it got confused, it could ask me. Yeah, but that's it. It that, could actually shuffle, shuffle so my calendar AI for me. AI can do that and to some degree does. That type of AI is in, or AI like that is in place with, with 
uh, Outlook and Exchange, some of it. But I would call that more of an algorithm than AI. It's trying to but guess. It, but, but it's not but, LLM. It's traditional data science. Yes. You get the point, though. I think we can, for example, I want to set up a meeting next week for three to five people who spend a significant amount of their time working on some technology um, from looking at docs and I don't want to say looking at emails, maybe looking at public emails, emails that go to DLs. It should, if enough data is in there, it should be able to say, here are six people and three of them are available next Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And AGI will absolutely do what you want to do. And AI, it's not, no AI is going to do that without sort of, Sure, sure. I'm not talking about what we can do oh, okay. today or tomorrow, but eventually, because you know that these are blockers. Things get slowed because we can't get the right players in the room to, to figure something out. If we can accelerate that, if we can accelerate the ability to discover knowledge, to discover the people we need to talk to, to identify problems and move forward, a lot of huge, cool, good things yeah, happen. Yeah, you know, the the things that are, are I, I'm just thinking... Even when I get the people in the room, like I'm not going to mention on the air, but there's a situation I'm dealing with where for the last three months, there's this team I've talked to, I've shown them, I've shown them some pretty cool uh, AI that my team is doing that's LLM based. Solves a really cool problem. When I show it to them, they're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Uh, and 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 they go. Oh, we're gonna set up, we're gonna set up time to go through planning and formalize this. Okay, and we now do semester planning. Today is the last day of the old semester. Monday we start the new semester. They've not come and talked to me, even though I've brought it up every time I've met with them. So now I'm at a point where basically their value proposition to me is that they have UI dev talent that I would love to be able to leverage. I don't have UI dev talent. Not at the, I have developers, but their skill sets are, are more back-end stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sell it around because right now, the, the customers I have for this particular product, they're huge fans. And, I, okay, great. Would you like to, oh, you run a dev team. Hey, do you have... So you, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make right. them drink. And AI is not going to help with the drinking part, but you can get the horses to the water way faster. And if worse comes to worse, if my team needs to it, to invest and build its own AI, I don't know if you've coded yet with uh, with the, the G- GPT copilot. I have not. Oh, you need to do that. <laughs> you need to experience that. Um, if nothing else, do it when uh, the uh, advent coding thing pops up. Oh yeah, at oh, Advent of Code is going to be really interesting this year. That thing is a game changer. It's a game changer coding with this thing as your copilot. And I'm like, all right, so I can do coding now. Uh, I haven't yet figured out a good way to get it to define like an OOP architecture, but you can do things like write a base class, add properties, and it doesn't matter the language. Like it's Things you know that can be done, but you don't know how to do it in this language. My worry with uh, Copilot, it's going to lead people to run and rely on code they may not fully understand. Oh, it is. It 
most assuredly. Most assuredly. But the nice thing as well, like, you know what my current favorite thing to do with with the coding code pilot, right? As we know on the podcast, dev does not like testing. Yeah, it is really good at analyzing my interfaces and coming up with unit tests. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I, I'm like, yeah, baby, keep going. Oh, no, that one was dumb. All right, let's, then I go to my comment and I say, uh, this unit test does this, 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 and that. And then I hit enter and boom, there's the code. I scan it and I'm like, oh, this is making me so happy. <laughs> I do have the SWOT analysis uh, between Subway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For those of you who stuck around this long. So what is your business plan, Mr. Manager well, of Subway? You know what SWOT analysis. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you a manager, a regional manager, assistant regional manager, assistant to the regional manager? What are you No, doing? in this fictitious example, I am the franchise owner. So so Subway, Subway is very famous for being the cheapest of all the fast food franchising companies. Right, I think it's like 12K gets you a franchise. SWOT analysis is a basic MBA analysis. SWOT stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. And I said, all right, you told me earlier that Starbucks is one of my big competitors. Tell me, you know, what, what's a pro and con here? The strength of Subway, great degree of sub-customization. It's the largest fast food restaurant chain in the world. Um, by count, which is good, right? A good brand out there. And apparently they have good marketing strategies. The interior design looks cheap, turns people off. And I'll say, I kind of agree with that. One thing I wasn't aware of, it has a high employee turnover. And this is one of the problems with franchising. Services may not be consistent from store to store. Starbucks though has really mastered that. That's if I go order a triple Americano anywhere in the world that tastes pretty much exactly the same. The, the, the biggest challenge with franchising is getting consistency and because yeah. that consistency is what makes your brand threats. It's saturated, right? The fast food market is saturated uh, like crazy. Other people are kind of moving more towards healthy, healthier eating. And even though fast food or subway is trying to, kind of trying to change its brand on that front. I'm sure it'll list some opportunities around that. Keep yeah. And uh, local fast food chains, right? People were like, eh, Starbucks, let's try something local. Right? Now it says strength of Starbucks. Strong brand recognition. Wait, are we still on strengths? You got to go a little faster, man. No, no. I, I went through all of the SWAT. Oh, okay. no, no, I didn't. I went to... I missed opportunities. And there's one opportunity in here that I'm just like, oh, this is fantastic, right? Home meal delivery. And I'm like, really? Does Starbucks not have a deal with DoorDash? Every freaking one else does. But introduction of drive-thru. I'm like, I have not seen a Subway with no. drive-thru. Right. Why? I mean, that's a good idea. Why is it? Do you think, it, and this is where, I don't have to go through everything on here, but this is why I think AI can help because even if it's a bad idea, it can help you think of things you haven't. And it could be the customization is too complex for drive-through to be efficient. I don't know. Uh, you and I would both pilot that and, and, and make a, we, we would make a impromptu drive-through with sandbags in the parking lot and get permission for that and, and see if it worked. 
<laughs> and it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even accept the intercom. It would be somebody to take your order standing outside. We would do the pure concierge MVP and see if it was feasible. Well, so uh, but Chick-fil-A. It'll give you ideas. Chick-fil-A does that. Do you? But they don't have the customization. No, but they do have the poor teenagers standing outside in the oh the cold and rain. And I'm like, I feel bad for those those folks whenever I see them out. Well, you know when Starbucks, the they don't. I haven't seen this in years. But when the line would get long, someone would come out and take your order while you were in line. Yep. And it turn and that's you know efficient. But it turns out that's also. Uh, psychologically keeps you from giving up and leaving because you've already given your order, even though you haven't paid yet, but be, but you feel like you've given your order. Now you have to wait it out through the line. Right. Right. But if you're in, if you're in a line in, in the Chick-fil-A drive through, you're not change. I mean, you're there because there's someone in front of you and someone behind you. At the, right, right? Right, right. You're going nowhere. But again, yeah. again, let me just pause here and go back to the original statement. If you are trying to improve your business, oh, Brent, by the way, what is principle number one of the modern testing principles? Um, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> I couldn't have set you up better. You dumbass. Yeah. Um, our priority is, pr- is improving the business. Thank you. Yes. That's that. That's it. <laughs> so if hearing here, based on my statements, this is, if you want to improve your business, you should use whatever tools you have, whether it's actual software tools, LLMs, books, knowledge, seminars, discussions to try and get better at it. I think, uh, again, going back to our first topic about these experts dissing on LLMs, it's not like there's a lot of things wrong with ChatGPT. I can pick on it, but they come from a point of arrogance where this thing couldn't possibly know more than me. Let me prove it. When I look at businesses, whether it's an, a software organization, a team like your team at Microsoft or mm-hmm. um, a large scale corporation, you have to run them from a place of humility where you know there's more to learn. You know you have to experiment. You know you have to try new things and you know you need to get new ideas. People make fun of me at my last job and at this job because I drop book references like change out of my pocket. That's a horrible metaphor. But all the time, and and someone at work this week to me, like, Alan, you read so many books. You, you know so many book titles. But I have such imposter syndrome. I feel like I need to read a couple books a month just to get enough ideas to hold my head above water so I have things to try. I have things to think about. I have things to help me try and get better. And I think, and I use it for this, we've talked about this, I use ChatGPT a lot for that. Give me ideas. I'm thinking of doing X. I'm not putting in, you know, company secrets because we all heard the Samsung story, but I'm putting in like, I, I want to do X. I've considered A and B. What else should I consider? And in those cases, it's super helpful for me. The moment I assume I know everything I need to do is probably about two weeks before I get fired. Uh, well, hopefully. Right. The 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 only reason why it wouldn't be is is if people are uh, uh, afraid to fire you. Right. If you if you've done a good job on making sure that they're screwed because you're the bottleneck. If you there's all kinds of dysfunctional ways of doing that. 
Sure, right? sure. But as you know, I don't believe it. No, I, and I know. Uh, and the one thing I will too echo all of the people like like you are um, a a hungry reader. Uh, I've known that for years. I'll say the thing that I'm most impressed by is that you actually remember um, you remember sources, authors. And and the book titles, just the good ones. Yeah, no, I mean, I, at times I'm like, okay, I know Daniel Pink's my hero, but what's the top three books that he's done? I'm like, Drive, <laughs> whole, whole New Mind, and I don't know what he's do for number. Yeah, three. Drive's the only one that came to my my mind, and then like Malcolm Gladwell, right? And and um, like I wonder how long it'll take before I forget. Uh, Nicole's book name probably forever because it's because the, the word of her book is the first thing in our in 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 the our the modern testing um, motto right and it's like that one's going to take forever for me to forget you'll remember that yeah okay well it's uh it's about that time and uh, I hope I hope you all enjoyed our little walk through AI we're gonna um on our next one of our next couple podcasts. Uh, there has been someone uh, engaging with folks on try, and he fully believes that, like Brett and I do, but in much more detail, much more knowledge, that testers can learn a lot from AI and uh, taking on these experts who are. I hate to, I hate to think of. I feel like I sound like Steve Jobs saying your iPhone isn't working because you're holding it wrong, but you know, generative AI and GPT is very much garbage in, garbage out. And if you're not getting out of it what you think you should be, you should look at what you're asking it. So anyway, someone uh, going to have a guest on, talk about that and go a little deeper. That'll be and fun. Talk a little bit more about AI. It'll be fun, fun, fun. Uh, any closing words from you, Mr. You're just Brent today. No, I forget what your weird name was last time. I don't care. Don't repeat it. Yeah. I, no, we're good. All right, man. Okay. Well, this has been episode 187 of the AB Testing Podcast. I am Alan. I'm Brent. And we'll see you next time.